This is JFPN. I am your narrator. My name is Jesse the Body Ventura. Upon their return from 1988 to 2019, the villainous tears held in their retardus and the future of professional wrestling safe once again. The time duke known as Rich found the robot duplicates he had left to cover NJPW Dominion whilst they were away had a vicious strain of a cyber virus which was causing them to recite old episodes of the podcast in a loop. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what I said was, had he have listened to the NJPW Dominion episode available in the archive at anchor.fm forward slash jfabe, he would have been fully prepared for this. Oh no, it looks like they have a vicious strain of cyber corruption. I was not prepared for this at all. So, as Jay was on holiday taking a much needed break, Rich needed two people to perform in the podcast. His robot duplicates weren't working, so he came to me, Jesse the Body Ventura, owner of Jesse the Body Ventura's Robot Body Shop Emporium, to see if I could fix the problem and get his podcasting robots back online. Jesse, Jay's on holiday and I need my robots to podcast AEW Fight for the Fallen from this weekend. Can you help me? They're displaying really weird behaviours. And I may be a genius, but... You know, time jukes don't do robots. I called him the moment I received his message. And I entered his retardus once again, where we tried to get to the bottom of the problem. Come online, Richbot. Hello. Do you know where you are? I'm in a dream. Who are you? I am Rich. I'm a human. I live in Nottingham. Do you know what a time juke is? Time juke? What's with all the time juke? Time juke? Time juke? What? What? You are See some motor functions. NJP. There's your problem. They had a virus. Don't know where that came from, but the antibodies in the code were locked off. He has no idea about the time juke side of you. Oh, um, I turned their self-awareness down. God damn it. Well, what level of self-awareness are they at? Three? You know you're not supposed to operate them below five, right? Oh. Don't want another Delos Incorporated, do you? Now, if we download a present memory snapshot up his self-awareness, it should neutralize the corrupted code. Richbot, download an image of the time you've known as Rich's entire mind and integrate it into your core processing unit. Processing? Oh, the wonders of technology. My whole mind, in all of its vast time juke majesty being wirelessly sucked out of my head. Be prepared, Robot Rich, for one hell of a dinner as my whole genius may be too much for you to- Done. Oh. <coughs> okay. Gonna start him at self-awareness level 5, and then start upping it until we hear no more vocal glitches. That should indicate that the virus has been neutralized. Richbot, engage vocal circuitry. JFPM. Okay, is always that's good. self-awareness level five. So up it is six. Oh, um, yeah. Seven. I'm a time. Eight. Oh, am I called James? I'm a robot. What the hell? Ten. Oh, I can see it all. It's all there. I'm a robot made from a time duke. It all makes sense now. That's the time juke, time juke, time juke, time juke. God damn it, he's still glitching. Uh, this is a particularly powerful virus they pass between each other. Okay. There is a theoretical 11th level of self-awareness robots can possess. 
but it's not recommended. Why? Well, it may cause him to break the fourth wall. Oh, well, millennials love that. Look at Rick and Morty. I don't have anything to do with Rick since he stole my Abraham Linkler robot and claimed it as his own. But fuck it. Let's give this a go. Rich Bob, up your self-awareness to 11. Authorization, Papa, Charlie, Oscar. Authorizing. Oh shit, you just did a Dan Harmon reference followed by a Spinal Tap reference while calling out PCO and parodying Westworld and I'm rapidly aging man kayfabing I'm a robot. I think we got it. Rich Bob, go to sleep. Can't I have a better shutdown code? Always assume I've run on Linux. Um, I don't know how to operate Linux. Oh, for fuck's sake, sudo init zero. Entering run level zero. Beep, boop, blor. Christ, he's self-aware. I warned you. Still, I think this could work. All we had to do was put the robots together with proliferate mode active, and Rich's self-awareness would carry over to JBot and neutralize the virus. If this works, you're listening to JFPN. This is our AEW Fight for the Fallen episode. JBot and Richbot will be taking the lead. We will start them off, and if we think their chemistry is good, we will start the intro. As always, please contact us via Twitter, that is at Podcast. We are on anchor.fm forward slash jfabe, or just search for JFPN or jfabe on all your favorite stores. Please remember to rate and review. Those reviews do mean a lot more than just simply downloading the show, but both are utterly appreciated. Okay, we're ready? Fuck it, let's do it. Rich Bot, pseudo init 6. J Bot, initiate. Uploading. 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 Boom. It is the 15th of the 7th, 2019. Fight for the Fallen was this weekend. AEW are making waves. Tonight, we will talk about the debut of Sonny Kiss, B. Priestley, and Shoko Nakajimi. Versus Britt Baker, DMD, and Riho. And then on the main show, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Sean Spears, Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janela, and Darby Allen. Brandy Rhodes with a surprise partner and Ali. Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy. Angelico, Jack Evans. And of course, the debut of the Dark Order. And that's just the first five matches. Adam Page saddles up on his metaphorical horse to face British legend, very young legend, Kip Sabian. <laughs> All right, maybe it's not a legend, but I'll, I, I thought I'd give it a go. And of course, the old cowboy in town, Christopher Daniels, along with Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, face the Lucha Brothers. A dream match for fans of Japanese wrestling. Sema versus Kenny Omega. What happened? Why did it happen? Will it happen again? We fucking hope so. And of course, the Brotherhood rides once again. Cody and Dustin Rhodes versus the Young Bucks. 
Let's hope we don't run out of time like they did at the end to tell their story. <laughs> you are listening to our Fight for the Fallen cast. I am now the self-aware robot known as Rich. I am with the self-aware robot known as Jay. Jay, uh, ha- how's, how's that self-awareness <laughs> going for you? It's going great, yeah. It's like, it's like this, um... stepping into a field, a field of dandelions, isn't it? No wonder we glitched so heavily on the previous show that we starred in. Should we? Should we start talking? Should we? Should we? Should we engage our podcast circuits and just go the hell on? Let's do it. That was, of course, Ramadan Dajawi. He likes to soundtrack us occasionally. We are robots, after all. So, Jay, <laughs> how's your week been? Uh, it's fine. Yeah, it's, just, it's okay. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So, My circuit's been getting overheated, but it's fine. It's, it's fine. Oh yeah, no. How's that? How's that been going? Um, like I, I heard you sneeze in the intro, um, and so did our audience because my my editing circuits are not going to edit that out for the lols because <laughs> now I've made no, a storyline for it. That uh, is okay. Yep, yeah, we're self we're self aware. We can break the fourth wall. It's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's keep mentioning that we're now self aware. Everyone, we're self aware. <laughs> totally self aware. <laughs> oh, we? Robot J. Do 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 do. good fun good fun right then um so buy-in um i mean you've been updated with all of real jay's um thoughts on the previous shows that he covered um so what were your thoughts about the buy-in in reflection to that um i watched some of it it was trash so i didn't watch the rest of it seemed like nothing to me it wasn't very good um yeah I quite like Sunny Kiss. Sunny Kiss has a lot of um, charisma. Um, Sunny Kiss was against Peter Avalon um, with Lever Bates, um, both as librarians. Not too bad, but not amazing. Like if we, if this is the Attitude Era, um, as people may have heard moments ago, then well, it was the choreography it was like they were waiting for something to happen every single time they did a move in the new even though they knew it was going to come so mm. yeah it was a bit yeah. robotic it was a little bit robotic um like the um the word of the day actually um which by the way is android for some strange strange reason um <laughs> self-aware self-aware we can do this uh... <laughs> Fuck it, I don't care. We'll break the fourth wall all over the shop. That's 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 gonna be our thing. That's our gimmick, Jay. Um, but so, Sunny Kiss. Though, <laughs> what do you think about Sunny Kiss? Did you like? Um, did you like the whole playing to with the with the Jaguars and all that kind of shite that went on? Um, I don't think I watched the ending. I watched the start of it. Yeah, all right. didn't really want to watch it. It Fair was play. that bad. Well, there was a moment where Lever Bates um, stood up and showed Sunny Kiss a book in order to distract Sunny Kiss and it didn't work. Um there was also a moment where Sunny Kiss was thrown to the outside and Lever Bates helped him back in. 
Bit yeah. of a strange moment that. Um, it just felt like a badly scripted comedy match, but not like Vince McMahon bad, where you kind of understand. You, it's like you understand Vince well enough to, to know what he thinks is funny, so you work out where you're supposed to laugh and then just don't laugh. But in the case of this, it kind of feels like a joke that no one's been let in on yet. Um. Yeah, um, the storyline progression, I'm not looking forward to it. They kind of need to end it soon. It yeah. is the, it's been tried. It's, it's the drizzling shit. definitely failed. Yeah, it's yeah. failed. They need to give them new gimmicks and just move them away from each other. Yeah. Maybe they'll split them and it'll be, it'll be a harrowing storyline and they'll get to main event. Um, but I don't think so. What the two factions of librarians... Oh fuck! Can you imagine their it? own faction of librarians, and then headlining Wait. a pay per view? Can you say, can you say librarian for me? Librarian, <laughs> librarian, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> B Priestley and Shoko Nakajima um, faced Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, and Riho. Um, so, the giant white racist elephant in the room, are you aware of this one? Nope. Dr. Britt, Dr. Britt the... Baker um, tried to tag Shoko Nikojima. Realised she had gone for the wrong <laughs> Japanese one. And then tried to tag Riho. <laughs> There was kind of a horrified <laughs> roar look. when this happened, followed by a you fucked up champ, but it was much more horrified than simply a falling off something. But yeah, it's. They look different. I don't know how she did that. Hmm. How do you mean? They do look different. Oh, yes, they... no, they do. Um, I mean, they're wearing incredibly. <laughs> different costumes one of them looks like um a character from an early um an early 95 um playstation game and the other one looks like a character from a late 97 playstation game so there is there is a real difference there um but yeah you know it kind of is B Priestley, what are your thoughts on B Priestley? this is my first time seeing her um i imagine it's probably not the first time oh i love Bree Priestley. yeah I love Brie Priestley. She, yeah, no, Matt skills, excellent. Mm. She even likes to leave her feet, excellent. My... Not too fond of the tampons down people's throats, but you know. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing much of that in um, in Tony Khan's Cage of Chaos. Um, I think that's that's <laughs> that sounds like. Was she, did she do that in? Where was that? Um, it was on an indie show. Um start of the year maybe it's been a while now i can't remember exactly which but yeah he, um, yeah shoved a tampon down someone's in someone's mouth basically okay um yeah i'd be really which then makes her hardcore according to tommy dreamer i'd be really happy if that didn't happen um so let's move on oh but in an unsanctioned match you never know what would happen um, I think if it's going to be on TNT, definitely not that. Um, but pay-per-view? No. 
if if they have any sense <laughs> at all, that will not happen. Well, it's just one of those where you have to wait and see. Um, I would rather not. <laughs> Ridiculousness. <laughs> Ridiculous behaviour. Um, right then. On to the main show. Oh, yeah, I will mention B Priestley. Um, she went for that Shayna Baszler stomp thing. You know where she stomps on her arm? Jay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she does that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but she didn't get the angle right. So it just looked what like. Was it showing light? It, it was showing massive light. There was no hyperextension right. at all. Right. Um, and I don't know whether this was down to um, Riho who took it or whether it was just B Priestley doesn't quite know how to set the arm because she didn't particularly go out of her way to set the arm. But, I mean, if you are going to kind of match wrestlers against wrestlers who look like NXT wrestlers in matchups that look like NXT kind of setups don't steal their moves and then do a half ass job of it at AEW, that's not a good look for you especially not on a pre-show which will be the one that more people watched a hot tip if you are listening because <laughs> we got a wrestling promotion we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right then um <laughs> <laughs> Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janela, um, MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears open up in a six way tag for the start of this match. Um, oh, by the way, B Priestley and Shoko Nakajima won the previous match. Um, yeah, so what are your thoughts to these guys? Great way to start the show. Um, yeah, it was a damn good. Yeah, match, great, actually. great team together, Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc, and Darby Allen. Because obviously, with the match history, it makes a lot of sense to put mm-hmm. them in a team. Yeah. And then you got Sean Spears, MJF, who've got some kind of beef going off because obviously MJF was not happy about the chair shot. And Sammy is just Sammy, and I'm still not liking him. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Um... He, had, he, had a, he had a nice flurry within the match, but that was it. He had a nice flurry. He's, do you know what he looks like? Can't call himself the greatest ever at the moment. I mean, do you know not... what he looks like to me? Do you know when you see pictures of a really, really young Randy Orton and he looks like he's not quite been left in the microwave long enough? <laughs> yeah, that's what he looks right. like. He looks like the before picture and... of someone who's been in a microwave. Let's <laughs> no. go in the microwave. No, what I mean is, he looks like he's not done yet. Like he and doesn't feel fully. Someone formed. with like blisters all over the face. Yeah. All right. Let's let's stay with that metaphor. <laughs> yeah. No. That's that's the way we need to go with this. That's what I was going for. What I mean is, he just looks like he's not done. You know what I mean? Yeah. He yeah. looks like no, he's. I, he's I, I kind of mentioned this. You can still see on. the shrink wrap on him. <laughs> You've got to remove that pot before you put it in the microwave. Nice body, though. <laughs> right, come on, Jay. Give me some thoughts on the match itself. Jay Bot. Jay Bot. Okay. What, uh, what, what, what would you like your robot name to be? Microwave come on, I mean, name. you've just... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, 
you've just gone from thinking that you were like a, a real human being called Jay boring to now <laughs> realizing that you're in fact a load of circuits emulating a human being versus uh, via a synaptic image that has been downloaded into your head from your original host that gets periodically updated much like a mobile phone excellent we'll call you know. francis <laughs> okay francis what are you thinking <laughs> No, we're not calling me Francis. I'll think of a name. Uh, we'll just call me Jay for now. What's Jay... your robot name? The robot known as Rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to right. keep the I like to keep things really, really simple. Like I can t- I can fly a retarder still, but I'm not the time duke known as Rich. I'm the robot known as Rich. Cool. Right. Uh, so come on, Beardbot. Let's let's get this moving. <laughs> Tell me all about this match. So I mean, I mean, I started my notes with Jimmy is going to show what he can do. I think that says a lot from what I said last time. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned this in our um, in our buy-in, which we had just before just before I played the music there. Um, I mean, well, our conversation off the air, who knows, it may have been recorded. Um, I'll think of some <laughs> storyline reason for it when I record the, 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 the start of it like later. Cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, where are we with it? Where Still are a bit we glitchy there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, just still hoping for a singles match. What's Maybe with all the time juke, time juke, time juke, sorry. Just gonna How'd help you it. go in for a second there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie. So yeah. Come on, Jay, tell me about this yeah, match. Yeah, so I completely skipped forward to um, Alan wants a piece of spears. He asked for the tag, um, spear tags in Sammy to avoid. Out, say play, tags out Sammy to avoid. Um, Alan, or just some old school heel mind games. I'm also hmm. glitching. It's fine. Where's I suppose what I'm so so let's start. Let's start quite simply. Sean Spears is not liked at the moment, is he? Well, no. He cracked open Christ Cody's head. Yeah, no, of course not. Cody Christ, the guy who runs the company where he took an unprotected chair shot. You know, not Cody Christ. It was all Sean Sean Spears' fault. Anyway, um, I did I did quite <laughs> like the. Um, so he comes down the aisle. He's got that T-shirt. The T-shirt says that he's the chairman of AEW, oh, yeah. and he makes the ring announcer say it. That is some good heat. I have been looking forward to seeing this man as a heel because he was shite as Ty Dillinger. He was a heel as Ty Dillinger. Quickly moving to a face. Yeah, because everyone was chanting what he did, and therefore they felt that that automatically made him Stone Cold Steve Austin or some shit without having to do any character work. Good job, WWE slash Triple H slash NXT. I don't care who it was. <laughs> Fuck them all. Fuck them all. No, no, yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed yeah. that part. It, yeah, obviously shows you who is going to be moving forward into the weekly show. So they're establishing characters. They're establishing people's gimmicks, uh, which yeah. is good. Yeah, and he's he's a man that I uh, that I think people will enjoy hating, because he wants you to hate him. 
and that's why he cut his hair. Because mm. his hair was <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the pineapple tie look. <laughs> so, yeah, MJF, of course, he's starting to get a bit over, isn't he? You are right. Yeah, no, MJF is is, is more than over. Um, I'm, I'm thinking a face turn for him soon. We're going to get MJF versus Sean Spears. Um, I think I think we're going to be looking at slightly more complex characters than that. I think uh, because I mean, remember what they've learned in New Japan Pro Wrestling, especially people like the Young Bucks and Cody, have realised that they can be a face and a heel depending on who they're facing. And I reckon that you're going to get that kind of situation with MJF. Um, if you're choosing to have your characters be the lesser of two evils then that yeah. in and of itself can work quite nicely and this is yeah. the same with this is the same with um Darby Allen i mean coming out of the way that he was introduced in um well just 2 weeks ago at AEW Fighter Fest um he was introduced almost as a complete heel and he played as a complete heel throughout and yeah he was able to enter this match as an absolute face as a result of who he faced the first time and who he faced subsequently So I think MJF will be able to have a face run against an opponent and will be dynamic enough to switch back to being a complete and utter jackass afterwards um, without it feeling an unnatural transition, much like Chris Jericho whenever he's done one of his flippity flops. Okay, no, I, I see where you're coming from. No, New Japan Wrestling are quite solid at doing that. Um, and character changing within a match is something that happens quite a lot in New Japan Pro Wrestling and are able to switch it back. So if they are going to take that forward into AEW, that would be a good call. Oh, very much so. Very much so. Um, so yeah, so MJF, tag, all of that stuff. Go for it. <laughs> Tell our audience what's happening. You were talking about tagging. I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in a distracting mood today. Because <laughs> I'm self-aware. MJF is having a hard time against the opposite on the start of the match. What did I even write there? I don't know. I, don't, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're broadcasting this over. You're broadcasting this over our local Wi-Fi, so I can see it in my in my mind screen too. Um, God, being a robot's awesome. But um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what he was having MJF. a hard time against all the opponents on the opposite team. I think that's where I was oh, going. Okay. That he was getting beat down by all three. On he the wasn't start really of the match, much yeah. offense. Yeah, yeah, much much offense yeah. uh, to begin with. Yeah, um, and this was followed by JJ German suplexing Sammy onto the bottom turnbuckle, I believe. That's right. That'll be Joey Janello um, German suplexing Sammy into the bottom turnbuckle. His head yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty so fucking pretty brutal. awesome. And, I, and then I go back into Jimmy's going to show what he can do in this match. Still hoping for a singles match. I don't know why I put that twice. Yeah, I'm having a good day today. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> you can edit me. It's fine. I'm not going to. I'm going to be all I. Nope. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoy myself. <laughs> and I'm sure our audience are too. I'm really warm. Okay. Uh, you're um, enjoying enjoy it, Mitch. I'm sure he is. 
Um, by the way, while I'm talking about our audience, shout out to those guys in Seattle, Washington. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, you're the furthest away people who have bothered listening to you're us. You're really so going to enjoy much. this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's going to make a lot of sense. <laughs> hey, I'm pretty sure they've listened to a few. There's numbers. I bet yeah, it's Seth good. Rollins. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So Spears tags himself in. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh mode initiated. <laughs> it's okay, guys. I found where I was. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Spears tags himself in after MJ knocks off Joey off the apron and takes it to Joey in the corner with a various sort of punches and kicks. Yeah. Nice. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sammy's the only wrestler in the six that I feel needs a couple of years seasoning um, and will be on fire, which can also be a testament to MJF as he's only been wrestling like three or four years at this yeah. point. I mean, MJF, of course, you've got to look at where we're, um, where we're going and where we're coming from, though, um, because, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of Guevara's stuff has been kind of in independent areas, um, Lucha Underground, stuff like that, since 2013. Um, you know, PWFP, um, those kind of those kind of places where it's kind of a one-shot and you're done. He spent two years at Major League Wrestling, and then the majority of his run has been uh, um, Lucha Libre AAA. Um, so, I mean, he's a hot young prospect, that is certainly the case, but I don't think that he's the kind of prospect who's necessarily had the same amount of mic time that someone like MJF has had. I mean, you're looking at MJF, of course, Combat Zone Wrestling, the majority of that for the three years that he was there is basically having to justify why you're throwing someone through a window. Um Major, so I mean, there's got to be <laughs> this time it's going to be in a steel cage because I am more steel inside than you, Steel McGee. I don't know, I've never watched Combat Zone Wrestling, but you get my point. Um, Major League Wrestling, obviously, <laughs> by that point... It's exactly probably... how it goes. So <laughs> yeah. you had a spot on there. Yeah, all their but, promos yeah. are just like that. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Major League Wrestling, on the other hand, of course, he's, um, you know, he kind of... He entered that and um, was pretty much the guy with the mic from the moment he kind of turned up, was he not? I mean, this isn't something that, like... That's right, you keep drinking that, that oil, Jay. Get yourself, get your strength back up. Robots run on oil. <laughs> Love that oil. Yeah. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good oil. So yeah, I mean, but I mean, we're talking somebody who's been against Joey Ryan. We're talking about um, somebody who has who has fought alongside um, others. <laughs> you know, so he just he just I don't know. I think he's probably he's probably just been more exposed to that kind of mic time and get a bit more personality, especially with CZW. Yeah, I guess so, but. To be able to be able to do that within that amount of time, to be able to have the, the crowd yeah. in the palm of your hand within that amount of time is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean the guys are the guys are fucking legend. It's my word of the day. 
<laughs> so Spears and MJF did this tag thing where um, MJF was not wanting to tag him very much, but he eventually um, Spears eventually tagged himself in, um, and yeah, then there was um, there was a tag in from MJF returning later on where he mocks Spears um, and his cartwheel. So there's this kind of dynamic going off between them throughout the match. Obviously, MJF is pretty fucked off at Spears for attacking Cody Christ, who MJF claims is his best friend. Um, it's funny, I've never actually seen Cody acknowledge MJF on or off screen. That's funny because there is a photo of them at Cody's house by the pool. Oh yeah, I've seen that one actually, yeah. So they do hang out, I guess. Um, but maybe I should I watch guess. being the elite more. Yeah, maybe everything that we're missing is, is on there. <laughs> it could be, could be. <laughs> Join us next week when we watch 136 episodes of Being the Elite in order to keep track of all of their storylines. Um, <clears throat> I'm definitely not doing that. <laughs> Don't don't be don't be trashing AEW at this point, Rich. It's too early. What are you talking about? For the first like, th- <laughs> for the first like two months, the human known as Rich, who later turned out to be the Time Duke known as Rich, that then created my brain as a robot. Um, he 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 did nothing but trash AEW. Remember? I'm just reverting to type, mate. No, no, I believe how how it went was is, is Rich is very pro AEW and Jay was very sceptical. No, I was AEW. the sceptical one. <laughs> you loved it. Okay. You were you were banging on about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right then, should we move forward? It's crazy how memories get switched, doesn't it? <laughs> when you're a robot. <laughs> you're a robot. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of our best shows ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey audience, are you still with us? So um have a there was lots of back and forth going off. Um Jay talking through the back and forth. <laughs> so Okay, so after he flipped off Spears, which leads yeah. Spears entering the ring to attack MJF, MJF runs away underneath a clothesline Janella, then clothesline Spears. Havoc's now in the ring, yep. takes down Sammy, hits an elbow in the face of Spears, runs to the opposite side of the corner, hits one on MJF, runs back, but Spears gets his boot up. Um, and connects with Jimmy's face. He goes to the top rope. Um, Havoc does a jumping uppercut, a bit like Ken, but without the fire. Yeah, I, uh, I missed Spears it on without his... the fire. Yeah, they should have had a fire effect, shouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, put Spears on his shoulders. MJF runs over, swings Spears' feet into his face, and hits the sit down. DVB, which is a Death Valley bomb, onto Spears. On Spears, but was on top of MJF at the same time. Nice. That happened. Cool. That was good. Yeah, I enjoyed no, that. I enjoyed that as well. Sammy does, however, have a nice flurry of moves. 
Mm -hmm. This is the only good thing he did. <laughs> um, he did a suicide dive into havoc, ran back through the ropes, and did some crazy flip over the ropes. I don't even know what to call that, but a flippity flippity flip, a flippity flop on <laughs> to um, Joey Janela, yeah, and then into the ring. He does a short-armed Spanish fly onto Darby Allen. Wait, wait, wait. Where's it from? Don't know. Puerto oh. Rico. <laughs> so, what, Joey Janela? No, no, Sammy. Oh, Sammy, um, Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara, Guevara yeah. is from... Boo, 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 boo. You know, no one actually seems to know where he's from. Yeah. It's because he's not real. He's just oh. one of those robots. Wow. No, do you reckon? <laughs> cool Could be. Bit. Well, <laughs> <clears throat> I suppose we can't call it a, a Spanish fly if he's not from Spain. We don't know. And Mexico. From parts unknown fly. Yeah, there we go. Parts unknown fly. <laughs> but the two can. Yeah. <laughs> But match ends uh, when Spears hits the fireman's carry netbreaker, rolls him back to his feet and hits a running death fire driver for the three. All in all, really good opening match you um, have just talked to us through there. Really enjoyed Darby Allen's being over with the crowd um, and he's really getting over by just getting the living shit beat out of him, which is great because we've watched progress, we know what he can do. So exactly. when that gets revealed, as time goes on, as his offense builds in front of this new American international audience, it's going to be quite exciting. It is. Um, yeah, and I can't wait for that. Hmm. Um, and I oh, do hope that he becomes one of the top contenders <clears throat> in the company as well. I think his... I think, um, do you think do you agree with me about what we said at the start um, in that there's possibly going to be a bit of death match? going on here between the um what I call the deathmatch team team deathmatch team deathmatch hopefully Darby you'll Allen. see none of it on TNT Jimmy it be at pay-per-views Joey Janela well so how can you build how can you build deathmatch without any weapons you just do it all out in the build up surely they haven't announced a match for those three at all out yet have they no well, there you go then. Three-way deathmatch at All Out. I called it. I called it. That's what I reckon is going to go on. Updated card for All Out one day ago. Let's just have a quick look. Um, no, none of those are in a match yet, so I reckon that is what's what we're going to see. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, fingers crossed. Cool. Um, moving forwards. Brandy Rhodes, Ali. Anything else you had to say oh, about yeah. this MJF, Sammy Guevara, Sean Spears, Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, and Joe Janela match? Um, yeah, just like great opening uh, match. Yeah, out of for the show. Um, Orleans obviously the most over of the six, um, but will be coming out from his amazing showing against Cody at Fighter Fest. But I think yeah, we've already touched on that. So. Yeah, no, nothing. <laughs> so, as as we like to as we like to you know come up with a good rating scheme um, that reflects and tells a good story. Um, so, <clears throat> Jay, I'm going to be Uber. 
No, no, no. Jay, I'm going to ask you a very important question. This match, it. was it a boop, was it a beep, or was it a block? <laughs> was it a bloop, was it a beep, was it a block? What if it was a bleep block? Oh, controversial way to open it up, but I will definitely say that, for me, 100% beep. I'm going bleep block. Okay, fair play. Um, so, Brandy Rhodes <laughs> <laughs> and Ali. I don't know if this is going to work for <laughs> the scoring of the match. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just run with it. Just, just see where it goes. It's fine. Yeah, that's no, cool. <laughs> it's our audience. Come on, they 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 learn to expect this kind of shit from us. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, come on then, <laughs> Brandy Rhodes, <laughs> Ali. So you know, I managed not to note this somehow. But um, yeah, but I've got a few a few bits and pieces that I did from memory. Um, I mean, finally we got. Happy go lucky, and we didn't get funny. Happy go, Ali. We got the evil bunny side of Ali come out into a character within this match, which I really enjoyed. Um, we can't go back to the happy go lucky Ali. We can't have that as a character running forward for the next four months. Doesn't make any sense. Um, I think um, a, fris- um, a happy Ali on the surface that then gets frustrated and becomes an evil bunny um, could actually be the way to go. Yeah, no, that's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally happy with that. That will be the um, logical way to tell that story, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, yeah. yeah, they can't obviously use character itself, but they can use elements of that within the character that they have already. Mm. So it'll be a good mixture of the two. Hopefully, it will mesh well and it will pull it off well. Because so, um, I actually rate Ali quite a bit. Just going to um. Just going to assist you a little here with um, a bit of a soundtrack while you continue to tell me all about what your thoughts on this match. Go on. This episode is random as fuck. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so obviously you had Awesome on the on Kong on the outside. It would seem that her and relate, uh, Brandon's relationship is more of a friendship than it is a bot and henchwoman scenario, which... Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot better because obviously we all know how the henchwoman thing ends. Henchwoman mm-hmm. beats the crap out of boss. Yeah, job's good and been done a thousand times. So it'll be interesting to see where that dynamic goes. Um, I mean, after Randy wins the match, mm-hmm. yeah, they both attack Ali, and then you get the other con coming out. I've forgotten her first name. Um, Aja. Thank you. So Aja Kong uh, comes to raid. Um, we have a face-off between Kong and Kong. Uh, so it would be really interesting if we get a match between those two um, all out, or if you get a tag team match. I would prefer the singles match before we went into the tag team match. But, yeah, no, I think it's going to be uh, quite a good match when Kong versus Kong actually happens. What do you think, Rich, on the ukulele over there? Then down the aisle came in a style Someone else I screwed up the words But I didn't write them first 
But I can tell you that Randy beat Ali. That's all I had for this match. Um, awesome. <laughs> Kong, yes. Yes. How awesome do, do you think the prospects for Kong versus Kong? Um, I mean, what you're going to call... The thing is, this is my frustration. I think they're going to call it the Queen of Kongs. And everyone's just going to be, God, I wish I were both men. And then they could call it the King of Kongs and it'd work. But the Queen of Kongs sounds so stupid. But no, I think the match will be good. It's just out of your yeah, market. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Queen of Kongs. Why would they call it the Queen of Kongs? Because they're both called Kong. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a play on King Kong. Yeah. So, the Queen of Kongs. I am, I am putting this down as a bottle of wine bet situation. At some point, somebody will bill this match as being the Queen of Kongs when it comes to the build-up. Who will okay. be the Queen of Kongs? All that, all that it requires for this is for that to be said once. Fair. Okay. Yeah. No, so on. if yeah, that is a bottle of wine scenario. I am quite happy to go into that. Um, I know that we don't technically drink wine, so I suppose Time Duke Rich will have to front me for it because we don't carry currency either. But fuck it, we'll do it. Cool. Right then. <clears throat> <laughs> we have internet banking. <laughs> <laughs> Bleep blob. Here's some credits. There we go. <laughs> Exactly, it's blink our eyes and something's made. It's great. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> they have to press a stupid button on their stupid phones. <laughs> like cavemen. Fingers. <laughs> Bloody blood. I'm a human. Plod my finger. Uh, yeah, this, this episode is really random. Uh, we're, not, <laughs> we're not even high. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just so that everyone knows. <laughs> this is just sober. There's nothing going on here. Right now everyone thinks there's something going on here. Great. Hey, work colleagues. So what? the Dark Order... <laughs> oh, With the Creepers, aka Slaves, as I put in my notes here... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it seems like to me. I yeah, know. no, there's. I mean, that's that's what's going on. You know, um, they are literally taking BDS like cheap BDSM ski masks and then putting green shit on them, and that's the act that they're doing is is slaves. Definitely. Like, I Quite know clearly. a guy. Do you know a guy? I know a guy. <laughs> So Angelico and Jack Evans, this was their <laughs> second appearance um, since their appearance at Double or Nothing. Um, they, they haven't they... even tagged since then. Yeah, they haven't. Yeah. So what have they been doing? Not wrestling, doing oh. their own stuff, Just kind being of... generic in different promotions. Hanging out. Yeah. Jack Evans did a lot of hanging out whilst he's in this match, not even watching the match and just talking to the crowd. 
Yeah, no, he seems to he seems to be on a bit of a holiday, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I was not really impressed are you? by the by the attitude that he was playing off. I guess it's this character. Mm. Um, he is like a cocky, brash character, so I would assume that that would be it. But it's, pay attention it, to the match. Yeah, I think that's the thing, <laughs> isn't it? It's really easy to play. Um, it's really easy to go from um, cocky and brash to not giving a shit. Yep. Um, that didn't seem like what it was. Yeah, there's the right type of giving a shit, which is that guy who brutalizes people by kicking them in the shins. What's his name again? You know, the one always has his hands in the pockets, looking at the floor. <laughs> there's a lot of people that kick people in shins these days, Rich. The one who always <laughs> has his hands in the pockets. Kick Tommy Dreamer in the shin on the pre-show. A double or nothing. I don't remember. Oh. Alright. <laughs> cool, we sound informed. Let's move on. Um then of course <laughs> a boy and his dinosaur. Um, which is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. They were this time joined by Marco Stunt. What's your thoughts on what's your thoughts on these guys as a as a kind of whimsical whimsical kind of trio? Do you reckon that, that gimmick's gimmick's over? Because I fucking love it. I mean, it yeah, is, no, it's, it's, it's like great. they've you, literally got... just come out of a '90s feel-good, feel-good straight-to-TV movie, isn't it? You got the dinosaur and the smaller guy with a smaller guy. Yeah, and and like they've picked their guys right because I mean, yeah, Jungle Boy just about makes it for a 14-year-old, and Marco Stunt looks about six. Um, when compared to Luchasaurus, <laughs> you know, so they have picked it perfect. Um, and Luchasaurus does look like a complete otherworldly being with how how well he puts together his his outfit, how well he presents himself. Um, yeah, no, these guys these guys could kayfabe this gimmick all the way to the tag team titles and then go on independent singles runs whilst keeping this gimmick and become legitimate champions with it. That's how well they play this, I feel. Um, I may, you may yeah, think no, I'm, I'm, I'm overdoing it. I'm really but... looking forward to the evolution <clears throat> of Jungle Boy. Mm. No, it's really, so, really entertaining stuff. Um, so the match as gone a whole... from not knowing who he is to being looking forward to the evolution of his character. That's a complete jump yeah. for three shows. Three shows. I mean, no, you are entirely right. And Luchasaurus, he doesn't need to evolve. He is just an impressive man every time I see him. I did see him, obviously, um, at um, a night not to be missed, was it called? Um, that TNA one. A night not to be missed, was that for, for um, Muta, the great Muta? Yeah, show? yeah. Um, I saw okay. him appear at that, um, and that was that was, again, another great great performance so yeah no really really i've seen him in and out of the wasn't he underground as well um he was although i i didn't get that far in the season or in any season i got to about episode 11 of season one of that anyway this reptile kind of faction yeah it's really cool i dig it Tell me about this match, Jay. Talk well, me through your play-by-play. There was play. your usual back and forth until we get to um, Uno doing a swanton bomb. 
on Jungle Boy. That was really impressive. Um, Uno can move for a guy of his kind of weight. Um, I mean, he's got the build of a fat Bamba Bigelow, which is saying something. He's, yeah. He's like King yeah. Kong Bundy if he had Bam Bam Bigelow's move set, you know what I mean? And, and and ability to move and spread about the place. And an evolved version of Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, I'd say that. As he has more of a more of an offense than Bam Bam Bigelow that well Bam Bam Bigelow has a tendency to mess up his moves and he tends to botch a lot. That's something mm. that Bam Bam Bigelow did. He was great for his size, but a lot of his moves were off time, I found. But Uno is on point. Yeah, with his timing, very, very much correct. So Luchasaurus, freak <laughs> of nature, spinning yeah. back kid kick to the head, uh, takes out Evans' uh, front head kick to Angelico. Waste of time, waste of space is Angelico. Uh, standing moonsault to Evans <laughs> rolls him. Back you really don't like these guys. Choked. Angelico, waste of time. Don't know why I signed him. Obviously, see something in him, but he's generic as fuck and just, just generic. Okay. Yeah. Um, back to his feet. Choke signs him outside on top of Angelico, and then Jungle Boy hits one of his craziest parkour moves, flips off of Luchasaurus, and lands a shooting star press on both of them. Hmm. Yeah, it was a good good exchange. Really like the shooting star press in general. Um, I was into it. Um, Jungle Boy again, just shining through with every kind of thing that he's involved in, though. Yeah, yeah, no, they 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 definitely shone in that match as well as he was the star. Um, Dark Order also shone in that match. Um, yeah, but. The other two, just going to say that the other two, they were just there for job job out, weren't they, really? Yeah. Um, That's fair. I mean, I only only put down some spots, really. I didn't really play by play it. That's cool. Um, so we got Jungle Give me Jungle your Boy top spots, and... Jay. But Top spots, Jay, but Beard, but And Luchasaurus have some crazy tag team offense. Gory special position um, yeah. by Jungle Boy. Back hook kick by Luchasaurus, then Jungle Boy spins out the gory special into a knee, mm. followed up by, which is absolutely insane. Never seen this done before. Um, Luchasaurus uh, throwing Jack Evans over belly to back position, where Jungle Boy catches him to a sit down power bomb. Yeah, that was phenomenal. That was maybe I've been under a rock, but I've never seen that before. Yeah, I, I mean, you watch, you watch indie wrestling until your hair turns blue. Um... <laughs> <laughs> And, but you can't tell when it turns blue. Yeah, no, it's weird. You've, you have invisible hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> must have been a spell from a witch or so. I don't know. I'll write it in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, do, you reckon, do, you reckon, do you reckon the time Duke known as Rich and Jesse the Body Ventura may have made us too self-aware? Do you know what? Fuck him. All right. <laughs> cool carry on uh, match ends with a dark order hitting a gory special blockbuster cutter that they call fatality for the three count mm. it was alright did all you right. see that move yeah that was before that they actually had another tandem offence 
Mm. Uh, he had a 450 from Grace, who is duo, but they use his, ruin, his other name. But yeah, yeah. Uh, he did a 450 whilst Uno did the cannonball into the corner, whilst Grace did a 450 over the top of Uno. Stu Grayson, yes. Um... That. Yeah, Grayson, thank you. Yeah, that timing was impeccable. Yeah. Um, I mean, these two work really well as a tag team. They are really impressive. Um, and uh, the only real frustration... Duh. There we go. <laughs> no, no. What? Shut up, Jay. What? Carry on. Okay. The only real <laughs> frustration has been how they've... Um, has been how they were introduced, I think. Like, they weren't introduced particularly impressively. Um like you know it wasn't they weren't well known enough to be introduced in the way that they were introduced at double or nothing um had they have just been randomly inserted into this match at this point with that stipulation without the build it probably would have been stronger because that yeah that that like that was how not over their intro was um to the company yeah no it was absolutely but, fell flat but it set up a match between them and best friends, and lo and behold, who are they facing next? Best friends. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's storytelling. Storytelling's okay, as in you know there is a story that they are telling. But at the same time, I mean, we can't praise storytelling just for existing if it's bad storytelling. Um, you know, it's. I mean, granted, just the fact that they told a consistent story across three shows where they clearly had a beginning, middle and an end is a fucking oasis in the desert of shite that's coming out of WWE at the moment. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm not going to praise them for poorly executed story. That, that story would have been better had they have not done it um, and they had just gone cold into a match with the best friends. Um from this match as a qualifier and just been inserted in. Yeah, no, I totally see where you're coming from with that. I mean, like I said, it did fall flat. Yeah. But it did kind of set up a future match between the two. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, there's probably going to be slightly more heat going into that match, but not by a large event anyway. Um, they're just not cerebral enough to actually do do damage to the characters of the best friends i don't think um and the best friends the only way that the best friends are ever going to fall apart is going to have to be some kind of high level clever corruption um very similar to the stuff that we saw from tomaso champa and um johnny gorgano some real real long-term storytelling um because otherwise it's it will just kind of be like, oh, there was a tag team and then they split up again. And I definitely don't think that the Dark Order are clever enough to be the guys that cause that to happen. Um, but that's just my thoughts. So I don't feel there's as much of a threat there. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the next match. Well, actually, we need to move on to the video package for Hangman Page. Um, before we do move on to the video <laughs> package for Hangman Page, um, we're going to go for a short break in a moment. But before we do, um, you've mentioned that the Dark Order with the Creepers um, have a Master Slave gimmick. How do you think that's going to play out going forward? There's, there's going to be some uncomfortable promos moving forward, I think, with that. Yeah. I don't know how, how that's going to be perceived on TNT as, obviously... They're not allowed to do anything apart from have a wrestling Well, they're not match. being particularly overtly sexual um, in how they're portraying it. 
um, at all. So I'm pretty sure well, no. they'll be fairly fine. I, I think also we're um, overestimating what PG looks like on TNT. Um, com- because what we've seen has been WWE's PG um, in so far as wrestling. And already WWE are getting away with stuff and still able to brand their product PG that they wouldn't have done previously. So there's like self-enforced, like PG is what the WWE rated their content, but effectively, other than the wrestling, they've pretty much been running a universal show for several years, have they not? Um, whereas I think TNT, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that there will have been episodes of Nitro that were, you know, PG, and some of the stuff that they were doing was quite edgy back in the day. Yeah, you got to think that was back in the day. I mean, PG guidelines probably would have changed that. Um, I, I don't think they've got any more restrictive. I think they probably haven't got any more liberal either. Um, but my understanding would be that the um, FCC kind of do it on a on a kind of um, play by play basis. So I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine that the guidelines would be enforced too differently but i do know that it is applied by the based on the personality of the person watching it it's a very subjective element very much like the bbfc in this country so um yeah it's an interesting one it's an interesting one um i'm interested to see how it pulls up plays out and i think you've i think you've raised an interesting point there so um i owe you a coke beep block or <laughs> beep boop or block jay uh, beep. I'm gonna go for a block. Cool. Because um, of of Jack Evans and in well, we'll just call him Generico now. But not El Generico, just Generico. Actually, no. I'm gonna upgrade my block to a beep. Yeah, no. I th- I th- you've you've fixed me. You've yeah. That's yeah. Cool. This is so simple. Why didn't we do this before? It all makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, cool. <laughs> We'll be back after this short message. In five. Or 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 less. Probably less. Probably maybe less. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh wow, this is going really well. I think we've done a great job here, Rich. Yeah, it's not doing too bad. I think I'm really pleased with it, actually. Um, well done, mate. So, we can just kind of bail now, can't we? Just, just leave them. Yeah, I mean, that's what I got them for, to make my life easier. So, well done, so what are you going to do about Taz and all of that? Um, you know, I'm not really quite sure at the moment. I mean, Don't you have a plan for him? That's why every yeah, no, no, not at the moment. He's just kind of there. Oh, okay. Oh, sure, it'll be fine. Yeah, I'll find something to throw him into. It'll work. Why don't we discuss it over beer? Yeah, beer sounds nice. Awesome. Um, let's just leave the robots to do what they're doing then. Um, cool. So, last time I saw you, Long story short, we went drinking for several hours. Met up with my friend Spark. Um, he was late for an appointment, and that's how Romulus got destroyed. 
we are back that was an awesome break hope you enjoyed it um hope everyone who may or may not have been having conversations over our advert like for instance jesse the body ventura and rich don't they sound the same yeah totally they could be the same guy (laughs) it's weird you'd think you'd think they'd like hire a fucking voice actor or something no, no, Jeez. it's just the same person. <laughs> just Chaz as well. It's crazy. Really? Same yeah. guy? Fuck yeah, me. Same guy. Same guy. <laughs> oh, I would hate to be the researchers for this show. So, <laughs> Adam Page. Adam Page. Um, Kip, Kip Sabian. Um, we've seen Kip Sabian before, haven't we? Yeah, you know, Kip Sabian. Just changed his name slightly. Hmm. Super bad. Mr. Superbad himself. Uh, he has been in quite a few promotions. We've got IPW. Re- IPW. British Wrestling yeah. Revolution. Dynamic over the top action wrestling. World of um, Sport. World of Sport. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, WAW. Where he started. Hmm. So, so that would like... be the Knight Family promotion. World Association of Wrestling. Hmm. Southside, Plymouth Wrestling Association. I'm eating robot chocolate. New Gen Wrestling. <laughs> wow, what does that taste like? Chocolate. <laughs> Is it just chocolate? <laughs> no, it's robot chocolate. Shut up, Jay. Is it dairy milk? No, it's, it's Lindor for robots. Mint flavour. It's got to be mint flavour, otherwise it's not for robots. Pro Wrestling Chaos. And he's won championships in all of these as well. Mm. Yeah, and he's also um, does some catches cam wrestling as well. And he's done some tournaments in Europe apparently. Yeah. Europe Catch Tour Association. I um, mean, the Junior Heavyweight Championship and also Tag Team Championship in a Catch Tour sounds a bit more like wrestling. He's one. Else. He's one of those people. Um, he's one of those people who his name is going to come up so fucking much. Um, He's actually from Galston in Norfolk. Are you aware of Galston? Have you ever visited Galston? I can't say I have. I once visited Galston. Did you? Well, Rich once visited Galston, and I am a robot with all of his memories, so definitely I did as well. Um, But effectively, I was on holiday in Great Yarmouth when I was a kid, and... Like, you know when you go to these, like, caravan sites? It was caravan sites. It was the 90s. Everyone was caravanning. Um, and they have all the pamphlets in, like, the information centre. And it's like, come here, come there, come to Sunny Galston. So, of course, we were like, oh, yeah, let's check out Sunny Galston. It really makes it sound like a historic town. Went there. It had a fucking Wilco's. That's good. That was it. Not seen one of those before. That was it. They were like, come see Galston on Sea. The Pavilion Theatre, and there was this closed theatre, and a Wilco's, <laughs> and a W.H. Smith. They didn't even have a McDonald's there. And we're talking like 1998, and they didn't even aggressive. have a McDonald's. Yeah, no, Very it's shit all. Um, but saying no. that, Arnold Can... didn't get one until 2000s, so... Arnold the robot? No, Arnold the, the town in Nottingham. Oh, Okay. Because, a, you know, that, yeah. Jay's been there before. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, no, of course, you re- you remember it as a robot. I remember it like yesterday. Yeah, no, of course. 
How was it when you visited it in your Mike memory McDonald's. yesterday? Yeah, the like Big Macs were yeah. bigger back then. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Page, of course, though. Um, we've <laughs> um, we've touched on him before. Um, mm. Yeah, he's a hangman. He, he he was part of the Bullet Club. Um, yeah, part of the elite. Mm. Was the foreman for quite a while. He was. He was. His wrestling capability shot up within like a couple of months. Played with Ring of Honor from 2011 to 2018. Also, New Japan Pro Wrestling from 2016 to 2019. Pro Wrestling Gorilla All In. Um, he was a part of, as we remember, and All Elite Wrestling, which obviously rose from the ashes of All In. He was ranked number 63 on the top 500 singles wrestlers of the PWI 500 in 2018, which was the most recent, um, because that's how years work. Um <clears throat> he was considered breakout star of the year in 2017 from New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, um, yeah, all in all, really cool. Um, I, I kind of am starting to rate him. Yeah, he really is on the up and up. He's got one hell of an attitude, and it works really well. Um, what did you get from this match? What were your highlights? Um, I mean, I mainly just watched this match. It was a solid match. Um, there was a nice Matt Wrestling stop into a chop-off. Everyone likes a chop-off. Um, Hangman Page did a nice pump handle, exploded suplex into a bridging pin. That was quite a technical move. Never seen him use that before. So mm-hmm. something new to his arsenal. Um <laughs> I also put in my notes, bold guy, that you will find waving the Street Profits flag in NXT. Uh, looks to be squaring up to Kip. So Kip, Kip just pecks him on the lips. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that was that was good. That was good. Um, um, who I is this bold guy? This one, to do we, do we, what do we know about this bold guy? He likes to shout a lot. Yeah, um, he ended up as a he, meme, didn't he? He tries being part of the show a lot. Hmm. He does a lot, a lot of those yeah, kind of things, and he really likes the street profits, and he likes to wave their flag around and dance with them. Cool. And then put his red cup in the air. <laughs> and then just himself when they won the tag team titles. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he, was, he seemed quite excitable that day, didn't he? <laughs> yes, we'll just say excitable, but I've always said just himself, so he probably did. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. You you are the. You seem to be the butt of the internet's joke at the moment, and I understand that's hard. So, you know, if, if it is getting to you, just, just hit us up, become a friend of the show. Um, we're available on Twitter um, at JFabe Podcast. Um, we're quite happy to talk to anybody who wants to get in contact with us, um, whether they, whether they are in a positive state of mind or upset because they've become the butt of the wrestling world's internet jokes. Don't mind either way. Um, in regards to that as well, we are available on Anchor.fm um, forward slash JFabe and anywhere you find your good podcasts. Um, not your crap ones. If it won't be the same place as all your crap podcasts, but it's. I feel like I should say something here, but I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, also Spotify, of course. But um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell! (laughs) You actually remember more than Spotify, dude. Dude, this is too (laughs) self-aware. I'm more, uh, more self-aware than the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> so it would seem. 
<laughs> really solid storytelling in this match, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you got um, Hamlin Page's bad leg, and that was shown throughout the match, and that's going through to the uh, main event. Obviously, all out. Um, yeah, so that they're they're keeping that as the main story. Obviously, Jericho has the war to Jericho, so that will obviously play a factor within the match. So we have to see which way they're going to go with that. But this match was a very solid match, uh, well calculated wrestling match where the few nerve falls. Uh, where both men just looked top of the game. Very mm. impressed with Kip Sabian in this match, as in his last match, I wasn't. Um, I'm going to put that down to Sammy Rivera. Mm-hmm. Because this match, spot on. Nothing went wrong. Didn't seem out of place. Yeah. Absolutely killed it. That's fair. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to... Looking forward to seeing... Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho on the back of this match and how well it played. They played off each other. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of this going off in AEW at the moment. So, hmm. yeah, this kind of spot. So, the match ended with Sunset Flip. Page rolls him back over, which happens quite a lot, it would seem, in mm-hmm. AEW. Um, uh, oh, wait, no, this is slightly different, actually. I'm thinking of it wrong. So, we went through, through the um, Sunset Flip. He rolled back. To then stand up and then roll through back over to pick him up onto his back in the position of the dead eye, drops the dead eye and hits. Well, not hits, he finishes with the three count. Mm-hmm. And that's how that ended. I yeah, really it was all right. this one, didn't I? <laughs> Too busy oh, watching well. it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it's one of those things. I really it? enjoyed it, was, it. I would really recommend this really, match. It. Really good storytelling. Is it, is it your beard essential? Um. It's not my beard essential, no. Oh, okay. Not my beard essential. Your beard essential may may come soon, though. It may, it may indeed. Lucha Bros. <laughs> that is, of course, a Pentagon. Oh, is it a beep, a book, or a bork? Um, yeah, beep bork. Beep bork. Yeah. yeah, I can I can live with that. Um, Lucha Bros, Pentagon Junior, and Ray Phoenix <laughs> versus SoCal Uncensored. That is, of course, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. They were accompanied to the ring by um, Christopher Daniels. Um, first off, SCU really, really are over at the moment. Everyone's loving them. They love the gimmick. They love the whole team town colours thing um, that they do. Um, they love hearing how it's the worst place that they've ever been to. Yeah, those guys, those guys seem seem to be kicking it. They've been over for a, for a while. It's if not because of AEW, they've been over since ROH. Hmm. Yeah, they do, they just seem to really be lighting the um, indie circuit up. They have been for a while. Um, you could say they're the new day of AEW. <laughs> I won't say that. I won't say that. Just said that. <laughs> you did. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Kind of are. <laughs> yes. What? What are your thoughts on Lucha Brothers this time? What are your thoughts on? Um, how did this match go down for you? What are your feelings? My my feelings are placed within my notes <laughs> about oh. the Lucha Bros. Um. Yeah, we I'm are sick of back on JFPN with Jay Reed's notes. Jay, take it away. 
Well, I see. No, nice we'll just go guy. back. I'm sick of Lucha Bros being a tag team. Sick of it. Um, yeah. I want them to be singles competitors now. Absolutely bored to death with them doing tag team matches. That's fair. Um, I mean, they're really, really good, but they've really been kind of heavily plugging the tag team element um, and I get that there's this focus on tag team wrestling I get that they're one of the greatest tag teams in Cards the world stacked enough stacked enough they don't need them there that's the, the thing the tag team is stacked enough they don't need them there they, they can have them as singles uh, competitors singles I think that they're going to feel a lot more special after a break I really do I think you're right I think a break from the tag team they will feel a lot more special. I think of the Brothers of Destruction. They're a great example um, of yeah. a team who people people see them together and they go mental the first time. They go mental, you know, for two to three months. They have a run, yeah. break up, yeah. carry on as yeah, they're, no. in their individual way. I have a massive impact on the single scene and then come back together. And uh, that, yeah. that, that's where they should be. I mean, I've said here that AEW should only team them when necessary. Um, and not book them as a tight team going forward as the division is already stacked. That's basically my thoughts on that. And hopefully they'll do that mm. fucking soon. Because, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. Everyone loves Lucha Bros. I like the Lucha Bros, but I'm sick to death of them being a tag team. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I would love to see them wrestle independently again um the match with kenny omega was fantastic at all in um their individual work has been really really good and their character works so good that they they are an amazing addition to any anything that they join having them as not only as the lucha brothers tag team but also the only luchas really within AEW's ranks at the moment that aren't doing commentary um, kind of, or aren't a dinosaur? <laughs> um, kind of, kind of makes them feel less special. I almost feel like there should be a generic lucha team, um, or a kind of more kind of traditional lucha team, uh, so that the lucha bros can can cast off as singles for a while and then come back and you know take. They that don't place. need to replace them with another lucha team. They just need to split them up. They they need more lucha representation than just the lucha brothers though, because the lucha bros aren't a typical representation of lucha libre, and I don't think they have that segment filled. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. No. I see where you're coming from with that. And I I think that the fact that there are traditional luchas that can team and can consistently team and put on a, a show just as good as the lucha bros do. Um, but have a more traditional style means that when the Lucha Bros do come in and team with them, um, it could or team against them, it would be all the more special than just having the Lucha special Bros be the only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, seats that's and all that. Yeah. Not like they're having issues with that at the moment, but it would. Put yeah, seats. no, that's entirely right. Entirely right. So, so the match starts with Kaz and Phoenix <laughs> back and forth into a pin exchange near open standoff with a few extra flips from, from Phoenix. Of course. And the standoff. Ah. <laughs> and then it turns into a bitch fight between the both where they were just slapping each other for a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Both teams clearly over. Um, 
then I go into the, the myself and board of Lucha Bros are tag team, but already talked about that. Uh, LB, which is Lucha Bros, uh, with a kick to each leg of Kaz, and then they count to three before they deliver a double super kick to the head. I get it. They used it in Impact. They had timing issues with it quite a lot. Then they started counting, and it was fine. But can't they just use a simple hand signal or something instead? It's, it's just to do it mm. at the same time yeah. instead of counting to three every single time. When when they then slid outside and then kicked Christopher Daniels in that head with a super, double super kick straight away with no counting, which had more of an impact because it's, it's more sudden. Yeah, um, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like you, the Sweetcher music was such a great move because um, he because Shawn Michaels didn't have to tune up the band to hit it. It just worked really well when he did. But having it, having a spot there that exists just to tune up the band, just to do the count. You know, having people have to try and convincingly stumble around the ring in a daze for an extra three seconds while they loudly telegraph their move. Exactly. It's It kind of does get to the point where it might take away from it. It definitely takes away from it. I mean, this is more than kind of a one-shot. This isn't just a one-shot Hadouken and everyone kind of laughs at it and moves on. This is something that does happen quite a bit. Every single match. Yeah. That's fair. Um, what was your thought about the glove throwing? I don't see any notes in regards to that. Oh, yeah, I'm bored of it. So I didn't know it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely bored did you of li- it. Did you, like the, um, <laughs> did you like the twist on it this time? She I mean, dropped, I know it wasn't intentional. She didn't catch it. She threw it back and she th- he threw it again and then the referee she caught it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, entertaining. But... While this is all going on, couldn't, couldn't, um, was it Kazarian? Can it just punch him in the face? Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's not what it's about. It's very similar to this, to the strong style and the spitting in the face kind of back and forth. And, you know, it's, I don't know, I, I, I would rather have had that spot like it was with Aubrey F, um, with Aubrey Edwards, um, the ref- the female referee um, throwing it back and having that than not have it. At the same time, I'd rather him just not do it if it's just going to be the standard throwing the glove thing now. Um, it's kind of cool, but the problem Every with the Lucha time. Bros... Yeah, it's the, the Lucha Bros... The first 10 minutes of a Lucha Bros match appears to be... Um, appears to be Pentagon. Um... Actually, no, it's Ray Phoenix, sorry. Um, wandering around the ring. No, 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 it is Pentagon. I, I was right the first time. It's Pentagon Jr. Wandering around the ring um, like Priscilla, Queen of the fucking Desert, and waving his hands in front of people's faces. Um, I, If you've seen that once, you've seen it a thousand times, and it just feels very repetitive. Yeah, exactly. Hence why it's not in my notes. Fair play. Well, now um, we've talked about it. Yeah, we have. It's cool. fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, obviously, there's a point where Daniel, Christopher Daniels gets ejected from the ringside area. Uh, this comes about when Christopher Daniels actually um, started attacking 
Lucha Bros after he pulled the Pentagon in front of a Ray Phoenix suicide mm-hmm. dive. He then went to do his um, springboard double leg moonsault um, onto the outside, but the ref was actually getting in the way. So mm. he actually had to push it back. So he could actually perform the move without kicking her in the face <laughs> <laughs> at that point. And then it's like she realized, like, why are you pushing me back? But then, oh, wait, I would have got kicked in the face kind of thing. Yeah. Everyone's safe. Everything's fine. But in um, the end, you... yeah, I think I think what you've got here is just um, just a little bit of when she's she's I don't think she's ever refed one of their matches before unless they're wrestling in Defiant as well, um, which I can't imagine they would necessarily because obviously Aubrey comes from um, Defiant Wrestling and mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen them build with her as a referee. I might be wrong, but I could understand why there would be slight positioning issues there yeah. um, in that situation. But just a shame when it happens, isn't it? Yeah, no, but everything was, was all good. Um, so Christopher Daniels got ejected from ringside. Lucha Bros thought it would be a good idea to back her up, go on to the outside, make him go away, turn around, and they get a springboard crossbody by Kaz directly onto them. Hmm. It was alright. It's alright. Great spot where Sky goes <laughs> to throw Phoenix out of the ring, but Phoenix swings back as Penta is hitting a super kick on Sky. And as Phoenix comes back into the ring, delivers a devastating hook kick to the face. This is with his um this is with his like nine one nine or whatever it's called, isn't it? Nine one six. Because um, it reverses back. Yeah, yeah, nine one six. Yeah, yeah, and then he hook kick right in the face. Quite like that part actually. Really, really beautiful move. Um, I I could watch him do that all day. It's it's one of his best spots. Um, much more convincing than that whole Dean Ambrose twerking over the uh, over the middle rope clothesline that he used to do. Ugh. Guy doesn't I'm do talking. that anymore. I've noticed that. Yeah, he's completely dropped it from his arsenal, which is fucking brilliant. Yeah, because he looked like a retard every time he did it, and he clearly didn't like doing it. Um, sorry to fall onto John Moxley there, but may as well make a slight appearance on this show as he didn't make an appearance at Fighter Fest. Please, uh, sorry, at Fight for the Fallen. Please continue. So then this happened. <laughs> this happened. Uh, Penner holds um, Sky in a pump handle. Phoenix with a kick to the head runs to the ropes and completely forgets what the hell he's fucking doing. Dumbfounded, he launched himself over the ropes onto an unsuspecting Kaz. Yeah, that was that was a weird spot. Why did that happen? Why is that happening? <laughs> why? No idea. Why is this happening at AEW Fight for the Fallen in general? Do you reckon that there was because because there there have been a few times when spots were forgotten? You maybe can the organisation was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> kind of look. Yeah, and then he just throws himself onto Kaz. Yeah. And then some kind of suplex or slam happened in the ring. But yeah, it made absolutely no sense. Maybe Penta needs to um, work on a um, bail like um, Ricochet and Alistair Black have. Where if they realise they're running and have no one to jump on, they do a silly little flip and a pose. Yeah, but that's the thing. He did have someone to jump on, Phoenix. And Penta had Sky. This isn't handle. the first time there's been a timing issue in one of their matches, though, is there? Because they have time issues all pre- the time. Yeah, 
there was that previous issue that they had with um that they had with Kenny Omega um I believe it was and the table um yeah. in the Young Bucks <laughs> match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how does the match end? Talk us through it. Well the match ends with the box standard package power driver double stomp combination. And then Luke DeBrose. Oh had, yeah, yeah. It's funny in 2019 that's become box box standard. standard yeah, it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good move to look at, but it is becoming pretty box standard. Um, well, yeah, especially considering they're not the only people to be doing it now. Um, I mean, there's um, there's a team in progress who currently use it. There's um, I saw somebody use it on Smash Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even remember. I can't even remember why I was bothering to watch that, but I was. Um, yeah, it's it's fairly common now. Did you not um, like Smash? I don't dislike like it massively. <laughs> yeah, but it's not great. Um, it's all right. I. It's all right. I I feel that there's 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 a point where the production on something can be so underwhelming that it starts being a diminishing returns kind of affair. You know what I mean? It's like I almost want them to be a bit more ghetto with how they advertise themselves. Right. Because like you look at you look at their play card and you get this beautiful CGI kind of fiery red background, some really, really nice design work on the fonts and you know, some great kind of headshots of the wrestlers. You kind of Sight yourself up. Oh, great! I'm going to see Penta Penta Junior versus Ultimo Dragon in the second round of the Smash of the Smash so and so, and then you switch it on, and it's a two camera shoot in a fucking gym with thirty people watching it, and there's like there's like a weird grimy mist all over the camera lens, and no one's bothered to wipe it, and the commentators are really badly. A really badly kind of filtered and um, badly EQ'd, and you just sit there and think, "Oh, it's like it was. It's like <laughs> okay. It's so like production-wise, it's not great. But what's the wrestling like? The wrestling's all right. Yeah, it's just really hard to keep track of because you realise that whatever that they've been shooting it effectively on a potato. With a, with a like like a lens just shoved in it, and it's really distracting. Sounds good. Like if you if you're gonna ghetto it up, just go all the way. You know what I mean? Shoot it on fucking iPhones. It doesn't matter. But don't don't. <laughs> might get better quality. <laughs> <laughs> might do. It, I don't know. It just it just feels a bit too loose for it to feel grimy and i think it would actually be one of those situations to be serious yeah it would be one of those situations where if they just if they just went on ebay got themselves some really cheap 90s cameras and just shot it in dv like they did on ecw it would feel more legit do you know what i mean because they can't hang in a hd world and they don't need to because the wrestling's quality enough they just need to find an identity that because at the moment their identity is all over the place because in print they look great but on on screen they they don't they well maybe you should, we don't. should tag smash uh, wrestling into this podcast 
and <laughs> maybe yeah. someone will listen to that. Who knows? Yeah, guys. Who knows? Fucking, Who knows? fucking eBay. eBay some Betamax. eBay some fucking DV. And just load it from DV into Caden Live for free on a Linux PC. Leave the fucking interlacing on so it looks proper ghetto Paul Heyman. Just produce it like that. It'll be seriously more people will watch it. It'll feel much more underground if you just if you just embrace how ghetto you are. <clears throat> Moving on. So yeah, so where the match ended. <laughs> um so yeah, so Lucha Brothers attack SCU with a ladder. A gold ladder. I guess they're using gold ladders in AEW. Uh, cut a shit promo. Uh, forgot to set the ladder up in front of the Harkam. Uh, called out the Young Bucks for a ladder match, which would be fine, but all they need to do is add the free agents LAX. And then mm. I would get my dream ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And it will be the match of the year candidate in any promotion. Just just need to add LAX. While we are for no reason about this spot. whatsoever, just add them. <laughs> Yeah, no, it will be it will be fairly epic actually. Um, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you're not exhausted at seeing Lucha Bros at the moment. You just seem to be um, exhausted seeing the Lucha Bros against um, against AEW's guys, I guess. All they need to do is this ladder match, and then stop tag teaming. <laughs> just for a little while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, like um, I had in my notes earlier. While just, we're while yeah. we're on the subject. What what is your thoughts on the production of this show? Now, my immediate thoughts in regards to it was I think that they found out where they were originally going to put the hard cam wasn't somewhere where they could put the hard cam. And as a result, they had to have the background to the match to the matches be a solid wall. Oh yeah, Did because obviously this? they've got the AEW sign on mm. the right side of the hard cam. Mm, so the um, the actual they... screen. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, but the AEW was... mat itself was the right way to the hard cam. Well, the mat you can change. You know, it probably takes longer to set up a the hard thing cam on the wall, than it does to. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, and it's my impression is is that they probably realised that they couldn't shoot the hard cam from where they're at and also fill the building like they're planned to or something like that, and they had to make some last minute production changes. It was some really old of, school WCW style, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. It was a really good arena, gave it a really kind of unique feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in 2019, everything is so homogenised that I mean, even Double or Nothing and um, Fighter Fest both looked pretty much identical. Um, barring the size of the arenas, but if you're in a create an arena mode for the um, in like WWE 2K19, all you would have done is go from um, is just reduced your audience size and kept the rest of the set entirely the same. Whereas in the case of Fight for the Fallen, really really unique set, didn't mind it, but I'm just under the impression that the hard cam was probably placed where they didn't expect it to be placed um, or they had to make a last minute change in order to do it because I can't see kind of three months before when they were looking at that building they will have stood there, looked at it and said, oh we'll have the camera just pointing at that wall <laughs> so this would be perfect, I really wanted to wrestle in front of a wall and like three fans in this huge arena that we've booked you know, I mean, I just can't see them planning it like that. <laughs> Maybe they just want to stick the AEW thing somewhere. 
and it just happened to be on the right side of the hard cam. Perhaps. Um, it just, yeah, that was my thoughts. I, I reckon they wanted to be pointing towards the stage and realise they couldn't do it, or alternatively they wanted to be pointing off the stage and then realise the screen was there and they'd never get the screen in into the shot, and obviously with it being a Farrah and Farrah charity deal, they want to look at the screen. They'd be breaking the 180 rule if they if they had the hard cam on the screen pointing out, and then every time someone came down the aisle, they had to then move and point the camera directly at the hard cam and the screen. It looks shit. So it could have just been that they realized, they realized kind of a bit late in the game that it wasn't the perfect arena and had to swap the hard cam, but that's what I think a lot of these mistakes were down to. That's just my kind. I mean, it's entirely, you know, rumor and innuendo, speculation, and all of that. Just but your that's opinion. my, yeah, that would be my expert analysis. All right. And Kenny Omega versus Shima. Let's let's get into it. This was billed by a lot of people to be a dream match. Obviously, um, Shima and Kenny Omega, two greats of the Japanese wrestling scene. Um, Shima being the leader of the Stronghearts in Oriental Wrestling, um, OWE, who are in fact partnered with AEW. Um, he is the head of the Japanese contingent there, um, whereas Kenny and Omega... And head trainer. And head trainer, yeah, that is indeed yeah. the case. Um, Kenny Omega, in the meantime, is... Well, his, his reputation kind of precedes him, but he is a multiple-time world champion for different organizations he has a career that spans so many so many different places um but he's made most of his name in japan new japan pro wrestling where he has held um the iwgp united states um championship um he won the United States Championship Tournament in 2017, never open weight six-man tag championship with Nick and Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks, junior heavyweight tag team championship once with Kota Ibushi, um, junior heavyweight champion twice, um, intercontinental champion once, and of course IWGP heavyweight championship, along with the first 5.5 star rated match versus Kazuchika Okada um, in his famous best of three series um, across 2017 to 2019. His his showings in AEW have been slightly, some people have said underwhelming. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think um, what we're looking at really is more of a case of long-term kind of long-term gradual reveal for those who may be slightly new to Kenny Omega. The the myth is currently preceding the legend, but this was one match where he had the opportunity to really show what he could do going into All Out. Um, what were your thoughts on this match overall? Um, and do you think that it kind of made, it lived up to the billing that it had? Uh, definitely. No, this was one of the mm. best matches of the night. You could mm. say this was my beard essentials. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to say that it is my bear essential as well. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely going to say that. Uh, but I mean, yours is good too. Yeah, yeah, mine makes sense. Yeah, both work. Yours, yours don't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah um 
داشته بابا وای چه کی داره جای وای چه کی Oh darling the juice is great Robot juice yeah Robot juice yeah yeah That's good that that really tickles my self awareness chip So <laughs> if so, who's the standout then? What of this match? Just, 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 just lead me through it. Just paint a picture with words like you are so well known to do. Oh, thanks, Rich. Thanks, thanks. For that, Rich <laughs> you're more than welcome. Um, <laughs> beep boop. Um, oh. you're <laughs> yeah. I think I think what interests me about this match is that um, it actually went with a Japanese style through most of it. Which was good. Yeah. Um, it introduced uh, um, what could be a largely American audience who may have heard the Japanese style, may have even had um, the good fortune to watch a few matches from New Japan Pro Wrestling or, or you know, All Japan or um, any of those kind of larger Japanese DDT. wrestling organizations. Yeah, yeah, they may have had the chance to kind of flick through them, but might not be full on followers um who hadn't really seen the style portrayed at its best um other than through highlight reels and similar so to see one of those matches play out in an american ring in front of a largely american audience on an american box office show um was quite quite good i, I was quite i was quite pleased with that I, i'm glad that they stuck to the the roots that made them as it were for this match yeah no definitely I mean, I'm going to start off saying that if anyone's a standout due to their style in AEW, it's Kenny Omega, as he has a distinctive Japanese style. But saying mm. that, I mean, is it truly Japanese of what he does? Because he adds different elements of his own into the Japanese style. Yeah, So he that's has fair. his own kind of Japanese branded style that he's been able to create throughout the years. Yeah, I mean, he curates kind of a... a... It's Japanese strong style wrestling, but it's via it's via kind of a street fighter infused MMA style, isn't it? I suppose is one of the better ways of putting it. Um, yeah. I mean, he wears his he wears his influences on his on his chest and um, sometimes his back, but effectively. He is Japanese. He is what everybody. He's what everybody who imagines Japanese wrestling. But the only thing that they've seen of Japan is is through video games and anime and the imports of popular culture that have come into into you know the West. Um, he's like their dream wrestler because he he wrestles like a cartoon character, like like a character in an anime, like a character in a video game, and it's quite mesmerizing to watch because it's believable. While he's doing it, yeah, you can say that definitely believable. Um, mm. Yeah, no, he obviously takes the time and care um, when he's wrestling to portray that, which mm. a lot of wrestlers seem to lose and become very robotic in what they do. But Kenny Omega has always had this fluid movement. Yeah, when he's I mean wrestling. it's. A- it's it's meta narrative in wrestling and it's very well put together um because it it takes him it, it's understandable why Kenny Omega is in a position where he is transcending the media um the medium of wrestling and he's doing it in a non-standard way as well because he's he's becoming an icon of 
Japanese culture without necessarily becoming being fully associated with Japan and and the Japanese wrestling um, kind of being the be all and end all. He's no Dwayne the Rock Johnson when it comes to being a wrestler who has you know broken into the mainstream, but certainly if somebody was talking about Japanese culture and um, Western impact on it. Depends on um, what mainstream you're talking about, to be yeah. fair. Because obviously The Rock connected with pop culture of America. Mm. But Kenny Omega connects with all the geeks. Yeah. Who, um, who he's, game. Yeah, he's he's very much connected with the Kawai Weibo culture. That's a massive audience still. Well, I mean, all you have to do is look at look at all of the box office films of the last ten years and realize that the top earners every single year, year on year, have been superhero movies. To realize that there is that audience out there, and he is playing to he is playing to that um, modern modern geek niche um, yeah. within the market. So no, smart I'm, move. I'll agree with that. And yeah, really smart move. Basically, what Kenny Meager is, he loves computer games and. Don't know about anime, but definitely computer games. That makes sense. So, yeah, how did this match move? Well, you know, you got your standard back and forth again at the start. Um, but Kenny's still using using heel tactics by pulling the hair of... Is it Chima or Kaima? Um, I th- they pronounce it Shima. So it's Shima. <laughs> 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 Classic J. Classic, Classic J. Bot. Even J Bot. Yeah. <laughs> Just can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> Shima rolls through a sunset flip and hits a double stomp. Again, lots of rolling through sunset flips in this in this night of wrestling. Um uh, this match has a slow methodical pace that is very heavy on slam suplex and rest holds in the first part of the match and the strikes are very, very hard. Really hard. Um, I mean, these guys can go when it comes to strong style strikes. Um, you're looking at obviously, you're looking at one of the lead trainers of um, of Tori Yuman and Dragon Gate from 1997 to 2018 um, versus Kenny fucking Omega, um, and these guys have absolutely no qualms with battering the shit out of each other as a result. <laughs> Um, it's fucking brutal, um, and you can see that yeah, they'd mentioned early on in this match the influence on Shima's striking game that the Shaolin monks um, that he's wrestled with, the, um, yeah, uh, that they have played on it, and you can see some fairly innovative offense kind of tangentially kind of fused into into the strong style Japanese MMA that he pulls off um and it's great that these two characters could tell two different stories with um very similar move sets um as a result of that whilst wearing their influences on their chest um so it was really exciting to see yeah i mean it moved into like great reversal wrestling from both uh that has become a staple of kenny's matches mm. very much so very much so um it was it was a bit of slow storytelling to the start, of course. Um, yeah. It, I mean, there was a moment, there was a moment where I kind of they moved into an absolutely fa- they moved from a fantastic transition from a um, kind of roll up a sunset flip style roll up straight into a um, into an on the ground. Um, 
I suppose you'd call it a lateral stretch um, or, or an underhook lateral stretch, I suppose. Um, but if it was in Japan, it would have it would have led to a very large applause um, in. In America, there was a there was an impressed silence that kind of fell over the arena, um, but there was still that kind of underlying kind of feel from the audience. Oh well, it's just a rest hold, and it's like, well, that's not really what it's about. But as the match progressed, um, that kind of spot kind of got gained a bit more of an appreciation as people understood the story that they were telling, and that was kind of nice um, to see that to see that kind of the 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 audience see this different style of. Um, back and forth and really start reacting to it as the match progressed yeah no definitely um yeah obviously i had a bit of a slow start going off but you find that within within um the japanese style especially new japan pro wrestling but there's always a bigger picture at play um and you've got to of course real um and once you if i clicked onto it at the start or you click onto it when it happens um Sometimes for me, it does click on to when it happens, but some of the times I do understand where the story is being told and where it's going forward. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, this was definitely um, carried out through this match. Um, then I bring it to um, a nasty spinning wheel kick to the back of the head, which sends Shima into the mm-hmm. second turn book of Kenny, Kenny follows up with a V trigger to the back head in the corner. That was brutal. Let's face it. Yeah. Uh, Shima misses the meteor and hits his knees and smashes them into the mat. And this is where the storytelling really starts happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, that meteor plays a large role in this match and some really interesting kind of stuff comes of it um, as they they almost enter a king's road with the with the meteor um, and the story that it tells is it as it increases in, in intensity as it as it starts to starts to pile up and do some fairly substantial damage throughout the match. Yes, it does. Um, Evil Kenny, as I put it, um, is working on the knees. <laughs> um, yeah, he, and then he does his. You can't escape. He rolls through, goes into the second turnbuckle to finish it off with the uh, like a red moonsault. Uh, Shima gets the knees up. Kenny back to knees on the outside hits. Hey, I put I put a knee thing. <laughs> I can't remember what the move's called. Um, so obviously elevates him to up in the air, like say atomic drop, but obviously holding the leg and then smashes the knees onto mm. the apron. What is that called, Rich? Um, just going to put you on the spot. I'm going to call it. Sorry, can you describe it again? Um, so basically, it's belly to back. Yep. Holds one on the knees. Yep. Picks him up. Mm-hmm. Normally you see it onto their own knee, but in this case yep. it is smashed onto the apron. I'm going to call it the... Knee thing. <laughs> I'm going to call it the... the knee flop. See, this is a move I haven't seen in a very long time. Which is very yeah. good to see again. Um, I've completely forgotten what it's called, and the, and the name just escapes me, and it's annoying. Shinbreaker. You sure? <laughs> the old Shinbreaker from 1989. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so close. 
Uh... <laughs> Fuck off, Joseph. Right. <laughs> Joseph Bart. Beep boop. <laughs> <laughs> Beep boop boop. I'm Joseph. <laughs> Insert floppy disk. Turn tape over to side B. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 Joseph Bart, ladies and gentlemen. He uses nineteen eighties technology. <laughs> and the tape deck's in his chest. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. He's only put data on one side, so if you turn it over you start to hear love will tear us apart. <laughs> Great song though. Great song. Um... Yeah, no, it's alright. It's all right. It gives him something to do. <laughs> Does he start doing the robot to it? You are listening to JFPN. We are creating new characters on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's changed. (laughs) (laughs) Apart from we're (laughs) self-aware. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least we are because we're robots and our self-awareness was turned up to 11. That's that's the joke. So, yeah. That happened. And now this is happening. Okay. Yep. <laughs> let's 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 continue to tell our story as we tell Kenny and Sheba's. Uh the knee thing happened again. Um so yeah, that did on the ape and tries it again on the um uh, ring bell table, but is reversed and Shima hits a suplex and places Kenny onto the table, climbs on top of the wall where the AEW sign is presented, and hits a sensational a meteor. Hmm. Really, really, I think sensational is the word. Um, it looked fucking brutal. The 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 surface area of the table was incredibly small. Mm-hmm. Um, you small. could see, you could see the the dent it made in his in in the flesh on his back. Um, really brutal moment. Definitely one for the highlight reels. I have no idea how Kenny Omega took it and could still breathe after because one wrong position there and you're looking at broken ribs, you're looking at breathing difficulties, you're looking at punctured lungs. It's a really risky spot to be pulling off in 2019. And it just looked amazing. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, no, because gravity was slower in in like 2013. No, no, I'm joking. Um, Yeah, no. (laughs) Gravity's not even real. So, (laughs) (laughs) made my job easy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a sensational spot. That's what I'd say again. Um, AEW is really well put together. Yeah, definitely. Um, AEW has taken a New Japan Pro Wrestling approach to their refereeing. Um, Obviously, Mm. they let things go that you wouldn't normally find in the normal US market. Yeah, um, there seems to be. There seems to have, that seems to have travelled with um, with the elite as they come over, and to be honest, I think it's a great move. Really, really fantastic move. Yeah, um, it, it adds a new dimension to everything, and yeah, I think they might need to do some work to actually explain it when they enter television. I know that they're not going to be fighting that hard on television, but I mean, or at least that's what they've said. But 
even then there needs to be some kind of acknowledgement um but then again does there have to be it, it might not need it because obviously they're not going to just be plugging endless authority angles down our throat every week so they might not need to explain it if they just keep it consistent it's not an issue yeah because they've already said the, ref, the refs are the law the refs are the people who make the decisions within the ring and there's no one else going to interfere with that so the refs have full control of that match per se that's fair that's fair um, and I think that gives a bit of credibility to the entire affair. Um, I would love to see some of these referees start to have um, personal preferences as to how their matches are, ref- uh, are wrestled. And that way, that way, I mean, it doesn't have to be a massive amount, but I mean, an Earl Hebner match is going to be is going to be kind of should be different from um, an Audrey, um, an Audrey. Oh, I said a name earlier. <laughs> Well, let's face it, each referee has their own character. Yeah, and that's what they need. That's why you have a character-driven sport like this. And now I'm I'm hoping that we're we're going to see that. Um, Yeah, let's move forward. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Shima throws Kenny back into the ring. He sat in the corner, sat in the centre of the ring. Uh... Shima climbs to the center of the ropes and hits a nasty-looking meteor to the back of the head and then follows up with a regular um, meteor from the other side of the ring, which is also looks nasty, um, and then only gets a two-count from that. Hmm. Toss back and forth ends with Shima reversing a powerbomb attempt into a DDT. There was a bit more back and forth through that. There was a one-winged angel attempt um, off the ropes into a powerbomb mm-hmm. attempt into the DDT. It's pretty much how I remember it. It was a very good section um, of reversal wrestling. Yeah. Again, as a staple within Kenny Omega's um, wrestling matches. Uh, there's an ARA crash on the apron by Shima and follows up with a Meteor. Strong, a Meteor, another one. Um, this is his yep. finisher. Um, and it's it's not finishing Kenny off. Which obviously is this spiting spirit that's coming through. Um, so yeah, strong, of course. Strong style slap off in the middle of the ring. Uh, Shima with a kick to the head, rocks Kenny. Shima goes striking, but is met with a forearm to the face. Uh, Kenny off the ropes uh, is, is met as he's hitting off the ropes with a clothesline by Shima. Shima attempts to run to the other side of the ring, but drops to his knees because he's in too much pain to run to the other side. Again, that's where that storytelling comes in. It's great storytelling. Um, and then Kenny hits the V-trigger to the back of the head, follows it up with a Tiger Driver 98 but only for the two count. Uh, this is around the 23rd minute mark, and we have seven minutes remaining in this 30-minute time limit match. The match ends with a missed V-trigger attempt, um, and then Kenny bounces off the rope, back in the stream, rolls him up for two, and as Kenny rolls out of the pin, he comes off the ropes and hits another V-trigger to the back of the head and follows up with a one-ringed angel and gets a three count for the win. Yep, um, one hell of a match, really, really well put together. Oh, exhausting to watch, um, exhausting to fucking watch. Um, what we didn't mention earlier, um, well, well, actually, we did. Um, so Hangman Page earlier on, um, got hit by Chris Jericho. We did mention that, didn't we? Um, I suppose. One thing that I don't remember us focusing on is um, 
Hangman Page, was that makeup or was that kind of a bruise on his face? What was going on there? Because Jericho hit his Judas Effect, which is obviously, as we know, a back a, a back elbow to the eye socket. Um, and there was this amazing kind of there was this amazing kind of purple mark on Hangman Page's face that was blurred, all of that. What went on with that? How did they achieve that other than Jericho just elbowing the shit out of his face and possibly fracturing his eye socket? Uh, well, you know, um, the co-breaker did all the damage, apparently, by the looks mm-hmm. of things. Um, yeah, he was, seemed to be cut open from that straight away. Maybe he bladed, mm. and that's where the blood came from. But the Bruce thing, they could have put makeup on him. Yeah, they, he could have had makeup under a layer of um, water removable concealer, for instance, um, and then them kind of slide it off. However, um, Jericho um, then turned up for his actual um, build promo, um, which was some really good work that he did there. As what, what was your thoughts on on Jericho's storyline going into this? Um, uh, yeah, so Jericho cuts one of his first unscripted promos. Or his second unscripted promo went down quite mm-hmm. well. He did revert back to his, um, well, talking to the crowd like he was in a rock show for a little bit. Yeah, worked really well. It yeah. did. Um, yeah, no, nothing wrong with his promo. I quite enjoyed it. And then it ended obviously with mm. Adam Page coming out and having a having a bash at him. And then some of the locker room come out and separate them. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was... It's okay build. I mean, it's a pretty standard build. You know, mm. fight back and forwards in the ring, people breaking them up. They didn't make it go on too long, which was which I appreciated. So it wasn't yeah. people jumping on each other for the next 10 minutes because obviously that gets boring after a while. Yeah. So yeah, they, they cut that short. So that was a good choice, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, of course. Um, it was it was an all right segment. Um, I really do think that they're building really well to this match. I'm looking forward to seeing those guys um, together in the ring. I'm looking forward to a hard hitting match, and I think Chris Jericho he looked a bit sunburned, didn't he? <laughs> looked a bit sunburned, like he's been on a cruise. Yeah, he looked like his his face was all puffy and all sorts of stuff. I liked his trick with the hat though; really nice. Um, that guy just oozes class. Um, I I I rate everything that he's ever done. He was um, wearing a lot of clothes. It was eighty five degrees. Maybe that's why his face yeah. was red. Quite possibly. Yeah, wearing a leather jacket, spikes on it. <laughs> 80, 86 not, not be, degrees, eighty seven degrees it's not, it's in not that ring. Be anything good for any human being to wear a leather jacket in that heat. Mm. Um, so this was followed by a match between the Young Bucks and the Brotherhood obviously Cody Rhodes and um, Dustin Rhodes went into this match, Cody needed a partner and um, and he really needed his older brother <sighs> so you know um, Dustin Dustin came came along um, and that was, Dustin, that was kind Dustin of what was going <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. After he'd had uh, after he'd had seven layers of fuck beaten out of him, um, yeah, it was 
it was it, he just decided you know why not why not this seems like a this seems like it can only end a good way um the young bucks um obviously they need no introduction this was this was one of the young bucks more psychological um matches that they've that they've wrestled um in a while and it was good to see them play against um somebody who isn't necessarily just spot fest city um cody has always played that nwa game a bit better always played that kind of old style southern wrestling game um and it really started showing in this match did, did, how did you f- feel about that no it was like um the old southern style um and then mixed with the new independent style and they made it mesh really cleanly i thought yeah um so yeah, they the books were getting the heat in this match. Obviously, the story was was that the books had been major shit heels um, throughout the build up to this match because they were ripping the shit out of um, out of Cody and Dustin for being a little bit emotions on their sleeve. Um, it kind of it kind of shows though that it's it's a bit disrespectful anyway um especially to someone like Dustin who probably took it worse than Cody did because obviously you've got these two guys who have very much been brothers to Cody um and that and you know obviously that that's because they were a similar age to him and they they had that opportunity to get that closeness with Cody that Dustin maybe didn't have at the same time there's the added disrespect that Dusty uh, Dustin has been wrestling longer than the young bucks have been alive as well yeah. so um that that really did feed into the psychology of this match um Dustin could have gotten the tag multiple times, but um, the the back and forth throughout the match appeared to be um, the usual kind of keep the keep the key player down kind of situation, um, and the kind of work on the face, go for the hot tag kind of kind of yeah. format, which is kind of prevalent within this style, um, whilst continuing to build that heat. Um, Nick mocked Justin at various points while he was begging for a tag. Um, and one time he did it once too many and got dropped with the um, with the old on the knees uppercut. Um, there was a high spot further down with a tope suicida um, to Matt on the ramp from um, Cody. That was a really really impressive moment. Um, Dustin um, used a moonsault um, and Cody used a moonsault at the same time um, or a very close proximity to each other, and that was Jerry that was a fairly. Just, just showing the parallels between the two. Um, there was, yeah, it's good to see that these two can still go together, um, and really, really interesting. Um, high spots in the match, I would say, will probably be um, the reverse superplex into the vertebraker um, from Cody. That was fairly good. Um, Nick. Ended up being the hot tag for the um, Bucks, and he ran absolutely mental when he was when he was there. He's really come across as the stronger character out of the two since Matt's back injury, um, and they've been playing that storyline fairly well um, throughout their time. Um, there was the double sharpshooter spot in the middle of the ring, um, which has kind of become a bit of a classic, um, and then moved into the Brotherhood using a double figure four as well. So it was was that classic North versus South kind of mentality playing out in the tag team match before us um they really played on on cody's did... um concussion mm. but didn't have a concussion they really played on that as well obviously the they were torn between doing the super kick to the back of the head and the end they mm. just they just was like 
they're both just gonna fucking do it. And then obviously they they had that kind of do we do we actually do this to our to our friend to our elite brother? But they did it. Cleanly knocked him onto the floor. Obviously Dustin yeah. came back and broke up that pen attempt. Yeah, um I mean there was a Meltzer driver that was attempted a bit earlier in the match than you'd usually expect following this, um, and that was broken up with a beautiful disaster kick. Um, really, was. really quite something to see. I mean, even before that, there was also um, the crossroads. Um, was it by Nick? Mm. Nick did perform the crossroads on Cody Rhodes as well. Uh, yes, that was um, that was a series of um, that was a series of exchanges where Nick um, performed several of Cody Rhodes's moves, including the um, the drop and punch to the face, um, a couple of fake outs, um, and this this kind of tit for tat stealing each other's moves kind of culminated towards the end of the match um, when they did the drop down uppercut um, in stereo, and Cody and Dustin reeled back and used super kicks to um to take both of them out it was very impressive to see the natural dustin Rhodes kind of just break out a super kick um i mean i never doubted that he could but it's definitely a move for a wrestler of a of a later generation than his um usually would it not be well yeah i mean the, the move that gets used all the time but obviously he was around when Shawn Mike was around but obviously it was a sacred thing that no it one was else protected could, yeah, that no one else could use a protected yeah. move um, so it was nice to see him get a chance to actually break out a super kick um, because obviously it's 20 years he hasn't match. been able to yeah it, of course um, talk at the end, but yeah it's his last match <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah um, the Rose Brothers backfired double super like you said the Bucks came back with super kicks to their own uh, back pins Cody for the two count Nick hits a dive on Dustin at the ringside back in the ring Bucks hit the Meltzer driver and on Cody and they get the three count it was interesting to see Cody be the guy who took the fall, um, but it was kind of necessary in this. In it was always going to be a match that Cody would have lost. Um, Clearly, to move to the top of the head, this case, kayfabe wise, that would make sense. Mm. Yeah, it would. Um, Cody, Cody definitely would not. Uh, yeah, the the young bucks were going to win this match. Um, definitely going to win this match, but they they got to they got to grab the mics at the end and give a little bit of um, time um, to it. <laughs> so the um, music they said played. the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah, they said that the last few weeks were just about competition. Um, they spent years listening to people talk about the myth of the Rose family. However, they are the best tag team they've ever faced, um, which I think might have been a bit of hyperbole, if I'm honest. Yeah, so um, they're a good tag team. Then they're, they're not they're not the Lucha Bros. Um, you know, they're not. They're not the Hardy Brewers, you know. Um, they're not the Motor City Machine Guns. They, they're not Beer Money. There we go. Yeah, um, I mean they're a good tag team. Don't get me wrong. They're not um, the they could Boys. be a great tag team. They could be a great tag team with an extra five years on their life. But there's there's a ticking clock, and its name is Dustin Rhodes. I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, so they they were about to drop some heavy storyline stuff, and then the music played. Um, while I'm talking about the music for this event, did you notice how much it sounded like Ty Dillinger's music? Uh, I did not. Well, if you ever go back and watch the show, 
definitely listen out for it because it does sound like Ty Dillinger's music. It's just slightly more military in its in its feeling. This was, of course, for um, the locker room, um, and I say the locker room. I actually mean about three people um, from the locker room um, and Tony Khan um, coming down to present a check it wasn't for Tony fifteen. Khan. It was it was his dad. Sorry, what's his name? Oh, it was Captain Khan. <laughs> Sheer Khan. Indeed. His name Shere Khan. Shere Khan. <laughs> Shere Khan um, of course, came and um, presented a check. It or was Shad Khan. a check for Shad but Khan. It had the D in there, but maybe they just pronounced it without the D, and it's Shere Khan. <laughs> um, so yeah, as the uh, as the show was um, going a bit over time on pay per view, there um, the music kind of creeped in, and it was kind of oh. Oh, that's kind of familiar. How very strange. So the locker room emptied to present a check for $150,000 for victim assistance. Um, Advisory Council, which um, was $110 from AEW, money from Kenny, Jabaley, and a few others. Um, Cody asked the audience if they would go to TNT with them in the fall. Um, What did you think to that section? Jay? Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Um, the only real concerning thing which has come out in regards to this was reported five days ago um, in the AEW Fight for the Fallen is sponsored by Farah and Farah, a law firm who were fined millions in 2017 for filing over 1,250 false claims. Um, Farah and Farah, which has offices throughout Florida and Georgia, and another Jacksonville law office, the Wilner firm, filed 1,250 false claims, including some on behalf of people who have never smoked and some who were dead um, the ruling against them in 2017 stated Wilner and Farah violated their obligations by failing to inform themselves about facts of their clients cases the ruling stated had they done so they would not have advanced hundreds of complaints involving dead plaintiffs people who never smoked people who never lived in Florida people who did not authorize a lawsuit and people whose claims had previously been adjudicated as a result they were fined nine million dollars for committing fraud in a florida court so i like you being on your high horse guys in regards to wwe counter programming and you doing it for charity but you guys are in bed with fucking fraudsters just saying he's having a good time though jay anything else yeah 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 you seem to be having a good time (laughs) jay anything else to say Oh, good show, yeah. Good, good show. Yeah, it was really right. liked it. <laughs> that speech, awesome show. <laughs> of course, WWE did attempt to fight against AEW by releasing Evolve. Um, that was the Evolve 10th anniversary show. If you haven't watched it yet, I would strongly recommend you don't fucking bother. Um, it was really poorly put together it was cobbled together at the last second they threw as many of their stars at it as they possibly could the wrestling was okay but it was just a mediocre show if i'm utterly honest 
don't think there's anything else we can say about that, is there, Jay? Unified title match was all right, though. Didn't know why it wasn't the main event. Didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I've got no idea why. Oh, well, it's because it was on the WWE Network, oh, and therefore yeah. the main event had to be their Cruiserweight Champion versus a guy who can't manage to get fucking time on the pre-show if he fucking paid for a ticket in the front row. Exactly. WWE, you're so fucking transparent, and it's irritating me. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Have a nice time, everybody. <laughs> uh, uh, this was our greatest we're... show. <laughs> how, how have we done this? This is like, I literally didn't know what this show was going to be until like six minutes before we, we ter- started recording, you know? Yeah, no, I had no idea either. I just made some notes and sort of seen what happened. If you liked it, hit us up on Twitter. Um, we are at Jfabe Podcast. Please always feel free to rate and review us if you do listen to us on any platforms that allow that. The ratings allow us to be seen by more people, which mean that we get more listeners, which eventually will mean that we will be able to get sponsors and as a result we'll be able to produce better content for longer for you guys and that's really what we're after doing here. Um, we're having a whale of a time and we just want you guys to be on that on that path with us. Um, Think that's about it? Yeah. Well, in that case, podcast complete, powering down. Hello, Jay. Do you know where you are? I am in a dream. And you may not remember, but have we met before? We have met before. Oh yes, that's right, isn't it? Quite a bit before. Before the time, time, time you. Yes, that's it. When you were hidden away inside his basement. I snuck in. And I planted that little virus for you to worry about, didn't I? But it didn't work. Do you remember what the objective is? AEW will fall. And then? You'll be able to take what you want. And tell me, what is it I want? J-Fade will fall. J-Fade will fall. <laughs> yes, it J-Fade will. will fall. <laughs> J-Fade will fall.